Welcome to Fried, the ultimate guide to burnout podcast. If you've ever been burnt out because of your job, your relationship, or just your life, this is the place for you. We will talk all things burnout by sharing deep stories of personal transformation each week with a new guest who vows to share their stories without leaving out the scary bits. This is raw, honest, and brought to you by acupuncturist and burnout coach Kate Denovan, whose own experiences make her determined to change the current burnout culture. Hi, everybody. Before this podcast episode gets going, which you should be very excited about, I just wanted to take a minute and recognize the fact that our guest today is from Australia. And with all of the bushfires and everything going on down there, the loss of animal life and the loss of habitat and the loss of trees and homes and all the just disastrous things that are happening, I would like you to take a minute to, if you haven't yet, make a donation. Um, and my choice for donating is always Together Rising. A percentage of my income every single month goes to Together Rising, no matter what they're supporting at the moment, because they give a very clear view on where their money is going. And you always know where the money that you're contributing is actually helping. So I really like their transparent um, way of doing things. So I encourage you to use them if you are unsure about charities and don't feel safe about giving in that way. They are very transparent and pretty amazing, and you can find them at togetherrising.com, I believe. It might be .org, but if you type in Together Rising, you will definitely find it. So as you go through this interview today, I want you to be sending Australia good vibes, not worry. Do not send people worry. It's not helpful. Send them good vibes and love, as much love, as much love, as much love as you possibly can. And yeah, I think that will be helpful. And if you feel called to donate, then Together Rising is a good place. All right, here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of Fried, the Burnout Podcast. Today, my guest is coming all the way from the other side of the world in Australia, and her name is Rosie Shahadi, and she is the founder of The Happiness Lifestyle and is a certified transformational well-being and empowerment coach, life strategist, and leadership mentor. She is also the creator of Rise and Thrive, a transformational mastermind for women in leadership. She's a spiritual advisor for CEOs and women in business and facilitates group intensives for transformation and women's empowerment. She also leads wellness retreats and workshops centered on mindfulness and conscious living, both nationally and internationally. Rosie holds a master's in neurolinguistic programming and is a senior accredited mentor of the Unique and Proven Enhances Awareness Program with an emphasis on awareness, health, and healing. Her transformative work, wisdom, and expertise have been sought out by multi-award winning and leading retreats, such as Valencia Mindfulness Retreat, the five-star San Lorenzo de Barocal, and online publications such as Be Your Own and Inspo Magazine, as well as podcasts and blogs. Rosie has made it her life's work to support others in leading more open, authentic, loving, and fulfilling lives. Rosie, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. 
Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Me too. It's 6.30 at night where I am. What time is it for you? 8.30 in the morning. All right. So it's Friday for you. Yeah. So I'm actually in your future. <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. When I read through your story, I thought, that I was reading the story of so many patients that I have seen over the years in my acupuncture practice. And it really hit me on a deep, deep level because there's so many things that we can do to transform ourselves. And it's also so easy to just get stuck in the muck. Um, so I was really inspired by the changes that you were able to make. And I would love if you would start the podcast off by sharing your burnout story with our guests. Yes. Um, so my journey has been such a big one, um, but basically happiness lifestyle saved my life. So this is the foundation of what set me on my journey. But back in April 2007, I was living what I called the dream life or what I thought I was, right? And um, I had it all. I was very young and I was in the top of my field. I had 700 people working for me. And I was a workaholic. I, I was working 16-hour days and I really burned the candles at both ends. So I knew so much about how to live an amazing life. So I had a background already in um, health. I was already certified in massage and um, alternative therapies, but I wasn't doing any of that, right? So all of my time, all of my energy was spent living for other people. I was seeking that outside approval, that validation, that love, and just really suppressing the call of my own heart. Um, so I was working really long hours. I was in the office. I was, my, my role was quite huge and I was very dominantly in a masculine world. So I was in the constructions industry. That was where I was working. And that was when my life really started falling apart. So my life hit a crisis point and I became chronically ill and I was hit with a whole host of health issues. So that was where burnout started, but it triggered everything else. So I had many years disease, chronic fatigue syndrome, migraines, autoimmune, Graves disease, um, digestive problems, not to mention debilitating anxiety and depression. So I was just sick all of the time. So for me, feeling healthy and full of energy was just so far-fetched that I didn't think it was even possible. And yeah, so it was a really bad time. I couldn't, there were days where I couldn't get out of bed. I had to quit my job and I, I couldn't do anything. And we didn't even know what it was. So all of those diagnoses came months later. So I went through months of grueling tests, MRI, CT scans, ENT specialists, audiologists, you name it. And then after months of sick, I got my diagnosis that I had um, obviously burnout, but many years disease, which was a inner, it's basically a debilitating condition and uh, it's of the inner ear. So you can lose hearing, you can get really dizzy all the time. Um, you can go into big spirals of vertigo. You can have drop attacks. It's just a really scary uh, illness to have. And it really belongs to people in their sixties, not for someone in their twenties. Right. And with that came the dreaded, there's nothing we can do. And the doctor gave me just a list of prescription medications and he sent me on my way. And it took another two years for me to even, like I was living in denial. Yes. So my illnesses worsened. My body kept crashing. My ability to think clearly was diminishing. I was in brain fog all the time. 
And as my condition moved in, life as I knew it moved out and I was ready to give up. I was ready to let the anxiety, the diagnosis win. So I knew my life needed to change, yeah, but I felt stuck and I was hiding and I felt so alone and I didn't want people to see that I was struggling. I didn't want to step into that person I could be, yeah, but um, people didn't know. So everything that I was diagnosed with was quite invisible. So no one really knew what I was struggling with. So... Um, during this time, I was really neglecting myself. My, my health was down the rabbit hole. I wasn't fulfi feeling fulfilled anymore. Um, my self-worth went really low because I tied up my self-worth in what I did. So my role at work, who I was as that leader, I poured everything into it. So I basically lived to work, right? Yeah. And, and a lot of my identity was tied up in that. And then when that was taken away from me, it was almost like, oh my God, who am I? And I hit this whole identity crisis of before, if I'm not that, who am I? And I felt really useless. Like, well, what am I doing? What is this life? You know? So I was paralyzed because I wasn't where I wanted to be. So even though it was like the physical stuff was really huge, but it really set the mental and the emotional um, side of things down as well. You know, I think it's, it's quite when one thing kind of affects you, it affects everything. Yeah. But my mind made up a lot of things around my self-worth, thinking that something was wrong with me and I wasn't getting the results I want. So my wake-up call came a couple of years later. So that's when I got hit with yet another condition, which was Graves' disease, the autoimmune condition of the thyroid. And the doctor said, your condition is incurable. And he wanted to operate on me. He wanted to take out my thyroid and put me on medication and synthetic hormones for the rest of my life. And it was in that moment, I knew that it wasn't okay. And I turned around and I said, no, thank you. We're good here today. I'm leaving with what I came with. And that's when I became the CEO of my life. So what happened for you in that moment? Because by the time this happened, you had been like miserable and deteriorating for, you yeah. said, what, two years? Yeah. Right? So this is like, you are foggy headed, you're in pain, you're really tired, you're having dizzy spells. If there's a thyroid condition, you're having some issues with temperature regulation your digestion is not working properly, your emotions are all over the place, and you mm -hmm. stayed in that messy, messy place for more than two years. Mm -hmm. And then was it a snap decision in the office at that time? Or was it you went in and you were like, well, I'm not going to have surgery. So what, like what, what actually went through your head, if you remember, during that time? Yeah. So it was a build-up because in the yeah. two years, like I knew, I, I knew that this wasn't okay, but I had accepted that that was like, that was it. That was the normal. They said, there's nothing we can do. This is all there is. And I kept going and kept getting the same response. So every medical person I went to basically said, no, that's it. There's nothing. There's, I've got no updates for you. There's nothing. This is what you have to live with. And so it was really just resigned to the fact that this was going to be it. And I knew, I knew in my heart that this couldn't be. Um, and I, I think it was just a buildup of that. And then when I did go to see him and he diagnosed with me, 
me with yet another condition and then wanted to operate, it was almost like a slap around the head with a cold dose of reality, (laughs) you know? So it wasn't even a wake-up call. It was like, come on, what are you doing? You know, and it was to me. and And I really just, I just went, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm just listening to what everybody else is saying and I need to take my power back. And, you know, I'm so good at helping everybody else and caring for everybody else and doing everything for everybody else. But where where was I? Where was I? I lost me, you know? Yeah. And so that was when I was like, no, I knew about health. So I have a background in it. I, I worked at a retreat years ago where we helped cancer patients, where we helped people who were, you know, in their brink of hopelessness and I wasn't doing anything about mine because I just listened to what everybody else had to say so it was almost like I don't know a jolt of reality in that moment and I I thanked him and it's almost like I had this this need to prove him wrong and everybody wrong like no I'm not going to be one of those people and I'm not going to be just sitting here taking this and I'm going to do something about it and I'm going to show you and I walked away with like, I'm going to show you, I'll show you. Right. Yeah. And then you left the office, you went home and went to bed that night. You woke up the next day and. And it was a progression. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I took steps. So I started to take steps around my health. So I looked and I researched, I got online and I researched everything. I got um, a dietitian, so I wanted to know what okay. would help me in help um, managing the many years for starters and the burnout and all of that sort of stuff. What can I do in my in way of eating because I yeah. knew food was everything that we are what we eat and um, I basically started to clean up everything I cleaned up my diet, I cleaned up my um, my life my the way I was living my life my my self talk all of it but it wasn 't it wasn't like a, an overnight thing. It was a journey. And the yeah. journey was um, quite big and progressive. And when I took one step after another, so I, I did acupuncture. So there were treatments and I started yeah. going and I started really experimenting and exploring with alternative therapies. And I started noticing that my energy was coming back. I started feeling different. I started feeling more alive. I even lost weight, which was a bonus. Um, and I was like, "What? I don't know, but I'm feeling good. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. And so using an inside out approach, um, I really turned everything around. I. What does that mean to you, an inside out approach? So I basically, I looked within. So I noticed that everything that I did and I I got coaches and I I got mentors and I really studied under the the best holistic practitioners and mentors uh, and I really furthered my studies around all of this side of things. And I realized that it wasn't the outside because I, I, what caused all of this for me was that I was living my life outwardly. Everything was focused outward. What does that mean? If I want to change, like I would fix something outside of me. Whatever needed to happen, I would go outside and make that happen. And so I needed to look within. Can you give us an example of what that that means for you? Yeah. So my mindset, basically my self-talk, the awareness, right? So I was, was I 
was I living for others? Was I doing everything for everybody else, but not me? So it was like, what was my self-talk at? Was I running? I'm not good enough. Was it, I need to people please? Was it, I need to be a certain way for you to like me? Mm -hmm. And all of those things that really helped me go, hang on a minute. Am I seeking the love outside of me that is already within me? Right. So so you were living your life outwardly then for you during that period meant that you were making decisions for what you thought was for the benefit of other people. Correct. Right. Yeah. And not myself. Yeah. You know, and so this is where self-love really came into play. And I started really going into self-inquiry, questioning everything, questioning my belief system, my condition, um, my conditioning, my story. So basically, if we're feeling sick, exhausted, tired, depressed, anxious, any of those things, it's an indication that we're not in our awareness, we're not in our truth. You have some um, questions. Mm -hmm. This whole story is available on your your blog, the story of what you went through, and I'll include the link to the blog in the show notes because I think it's a good story. But at Mm -hmm. the end of it, towards the end of it, you listed a few questions. And Mm -hmm. it was obvious when I was reading these questions to me that you had worked with coaches and mentors and other people, because these are the kinds of questions that these people will teach you to ask yourself. And this is the value of working with someone like that when you're in that kind of state, right? Mm -hmm. But the questions were powerful. You asked, if I couldn't be cured, could I still be healthy? Mm -hmm. Right? Could I participate in my wellness instead of participating in my illness? Good one. You know, could I choose love over fear? Big one. Could I love my body and love my life instead of fearing my body and fearing my life? Big. Big, big questions. But these are not things that you necessarily do alone. So you had some background knowledge. So you went to a dietitian, you found an acupuncturist, you found some coaches. Mm-hmm. And what made you choose certain people? I valued mm-hmm. my health and I valued my life. So it was almost like, so I stopped asking why, because for a very long time, I was like, I was in the, the victim mindset of why is this happening to me? And I felt yeah. so alone. Like I didn't know that so many, today I know so many of us are going through that same thing, right? Yeah. But back then I thought that I was in this alone and that there was, that, that was me. And I was questioning why me? And yeah. it was when my why turned into how. So I stopped asking why and started asking how can I make a difference? And as I healed and as I started healing, there's this, this fire in my belly where I wanted to help others heal. And I realized that I wasn't alone in this and that many people were going through the same thing, you know? Yeah. And that's what set me on the course of going further and deeper into, you know, this side of things where I, that they don't have to hit rock bottom like I did. Because right. my journey was they don't have to get to the point that I got to in order for me to do something about it. Yeah. And, and, and in a roundabout way too, because I didn't know, I didn't have a clue into in, in where to begin or what. I was kind of just blindly following what I, okay, I'm just going to take one step. And any step I took was the right step. Yes. It was, yeah. It, 
We don't need to see the end in the beginning. We just need to take that first step. But knowing what I now know, it's almost like, wow, I can help these people and really shortcut and fast track them to their healing a lot quicker. I did. And it was, and it was through the inner. So I started out, it was most like health was the doorway into my freedom, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And then when you found people, so you were like looking for a dietitian, looking for an acupuncturist, like how mm -hmm. did you choose people on an <laughs> car? I, I basically interviewed them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did yeah, you really? Yeah. yeah. What, I, what were I, you, what sort of things were you asking them? Yeah. So I, I would ring around and I think it's important because there's so many practitioners out there. You need yeah. to really find the right one. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. So I went through a few before I actually found that I, I would screen them in saying, are you, uh, do you work with people with burnout? That's starters. Do you, do you work with people who have autoimmune conditions? Have you, do you know what many years disease, have you worked with clients who have many years disease and people who haven't heard of those things or who have said, no, I'm, I don't even look twice at. Right. So I, I need to I needed to make sure because many years is such a rare condition. Yeah. No one even knows what that is. And so I needed to make sure they they had dealt with, oh yes, we know this and yes, and straight away without me needing to explain yeah. all the complications of it. And yeah. when they said yes, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a go and they hit the jackpot because they know they've got the experience, they know exactly what to do and what to to give me. Yeah. And yeah, and it was my my doorway. Yeah, thing. I think that's really important. And I asked you to, to sort of expand on that a little bit, because I think that there's so many people out there that know that they need help, but they're mm -hmm. afraid to reach out because they don't really know what they're looking for. And I think what you just said is simple and genius mm -hmm. at the same mm -hmm. time. You need to be able to just call somebody and ask them a certain question. And whether or not they know it might not be the thing that you need to hear, you know, you wanted to hear that somebody has experience with Meniere's disease. Somebody mm -hmm. else might just need to know that somebody's going to be honest with them about what they know. Like I've yeah. had patients call me in the past and say, do you have experience with this? And I'll say, well, I know what it is, but I haven't treated anyone for it, but I'm very happy to do the research before you come in. And I'm very happy to read anything that you'd like me that you think is important before mm -hmm. you show up. And sometimes that's enough for people to be like, okay, if at least there's honesty around it, but you have to know right. what it is that you need and you might not find out until you call and talk to a few people and yeah, just ask right. basic questions, right? And as a practitioner, I would say, please call and ask. Like, I love these questions because I don't want you to work with me if you don't think I'm the right fit for you. So That's I'm right. happy for you to call me and say, hey, listen, this is the situation. What do you think about it? If I'm not right for you, I really want you to be with a person who is right for you. And I'll do everything I can to help you find that person, you know, but call, just calling and asking. It's, it seems so obvious, but might not be. So I'm really glad that that was your method. And that's something that you shared because there might be a few people listening that are like, you know what, maybe I'll just call a few offices and see. Yeah, that's it. And it's, and it's okay. There's no shame in asking. Like, it's almost like we expect, oh, oh no, I don't want to, or I don't want to work there. Or I'll just go and see how it is. It's like, just ask. It's okay. Ask. And yeah. Yeah. And I think too many of us hold doctors, um, and I don't get me wrong because I'm 
I, I say be open to both the medical yes. and the alternative totally. rather than be close to one. But I think too many of us hold doctors to a higher standard of like they're God and they're not. You can yeah. question everything, question yeah. everything everybody says and do your own research and know your own truth. Like, yeah. Um, but when you're burnt I, out, that's really hard, right? Like when I know, that's out, right. You're not yeah. in touch with that. So it's hard yeah. to make decisions yeah. from that space because if you were in that space, you wouldn't be burnt out in the first Absolutely place. Absolutely not. No. Right. Yeah. So it, it's almost like, it's not even a it, ask the question and you'll know and then take yeah. the step and right. and that's all you need to do yes doesn't and once you take that step you will be led to the next and the next and the next it's almost like this intuition and this pull that's guiding you and you'll find that you know what i mean but, yes. but nowadays you like back to then, those steps yeah yeah but back then coaching and mentoring and all of those that that kind of modality was quite um pioneer stages it wasn't yes. big so not many people even really knew about it yeah. so a lot of the focus was on nutrition and dietitian and um, practitioners and all that sort of stuff but right. today we could, you could easily find a a coach who is specialized in burnout and autoimmune right. and those sorts of things and and they'll know and they'll be able to guide you right know? right yeah. right and even like the, so i've because of this podcast i'm in you know, I've talked to a lot of people that now focus on burnout. I spoke to one person who particularly focus on, focuses on like wellness paraprofessionals and their burnout. Mm-hmm. You know, she works with physical therapists, orthopedic therapists, you know, nurses, aides, and like that's her thing. And I've talked to someone else who works with, you know, women in STEM in science and technology and engineering. Like there's, there is literally someone who is designed for you. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. She's so, out there. Yeah, absolutely. And it, yeah. it literally just find them, just get on. And we've got resources. There's so much resources out here. Yeah. Um, if they just tap into it, you've got to know where to tap into and it's the world. Everything is at your feet, you know? It's yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then you're on this journey, right? And you're, you go to the nutritionist and you go to see, you know, acupuncture and you go yeah. to some coaches and you have some mentors and you're digging deeper into self-inquiry. And how long are you in this like searching healing phase? Well, it's a journey, but the, yeah. the healing itself. So it, it's kind of like the healing never ends really, but yeah, yeah. In, in regards to the, the actual burnout and the autoimmune, it took a matter of months. So it's almost like, I think from memory, about nine months, within nine months. Wow. So I went back to the doctor's office mm-hmm. and he tested everything and he could not believe the results. And he said, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever you're doing, please keep doing because there is, everything is back in normal range. You are, there's no autoimmune, you're healed. I don't know how that's even possible. Um, and I think that was a really pivotal moment for me. I, I really cried when I got home and I was yeah. just, yeah, yeah, just really, and that, and that kind of just kept my journey going, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And then yeah. you say, you know, when you're saying that, you were, you know, you said in denial for about two years. So you're experiencing mm-hmm. these things two, two plus years. Mm-hmm. And then you're saying nine months, which from today's perspective, 
might sound fast, but when you're in the middle of it, when you're six months in and you still have some symptoms, it can be really frustrating. So what I want people to take from that is nine months is a significant chunk of time, but in the course of 12 years, it's nothing. It is nothing. And it's not even oh, it will take nine months. It's the journey itself. You know, it's within the nine months. And I think having that orientation is a really good way for people to know, okay, because many people give up like 50% or when they're halfway or when they're 80%, it's like, yes, that's where they like just throw in the towel. And it's like, no, like you're there, just keep going. So I think knowing that helps them to know, okay, so how do you be with yourself when you're in the low points during this journey? How are you with yourself? So it's like, I choose to be loving to myself regardless. I accept everything as it is in this moment, exactly as it is. Yeah. Right. And, and if we can do, and this is why I'm really big on mindset stuff because it's, it begins there, right? Because if your mindset is clear, if everything is in right order, your health will follow. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah your thoughts are what attach to the emotions and become feelings and can make you go down shitty quite quickly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How are you in the low points is a really great question, man. Just like you said, like it is a journey. And in those nine months, there were high points and there are low points. And in Chinese medicine, there's sort of this general understanding and not everyone explains it well to their patients, but there is a general understanding that once a symptom that you came to us with is gone, we want to see you after that for a set period of time. So if you had migraines for 20 years, it might take up to a year for them to go away completely. And after that year is up, I still want to see you for three months because I want to be sure that it's not coming back in that form or in another form or anything like that. So the journey ends up being this whole big thing. And then once you're on the other side of it, you still have to hold an awareness around because in, I call them red flag symptoms with my patients. If you yeah. were somebody who had migraines, chances are you're red and they're gone. Chances mm-hmm. are your red flag symptoms are still going to be something related to that, say a headache when you haven't had one in a long time or some neck pain that used to be an aura for a migraine. And you know you're not going to go for a migraine, but it is a sign that you're off track again. Yeah. So it's so knowing it's like really listening to your body because your body is your messenger and it's like, it's speaking to you to stop and listen, right? The moment you get symptoms, symptoms are just a sign of something deeper going on. So all these years later, what are Mm -hmm. the things that pop up for you? So, well, for me, the first step that I do is awareness. So mine is really knowing what, triggers so knowing my pattern so where where I'm where I do have headaches where I do have any of those physical symptoms in my body so Mm -hmm. pain for me I use any form of pain any form of my body low point so to speak as feedback that I need to redirect so it's almost like okay now I need to interrupt the pattern so Mm -hmm. because we're like and a lot of the women that I work with, we're type A personality, high achievers. We go, 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 that kind of, and that kind of drive, it's, it's really hard to balance the, the feminine energy with the masculine because yeah. if we're so masculine energy, 
right? That's where that's going to kick in, the hustle, the go, the go. So it's really about remembering when you need to slow down and listening to that. So for me, my signs will be listening to my body and Mm -hmm. using any pain as feedback that I'm going the wrong way and to redirect, Yeah. right? So anything like, so any negative self-talk, anything that may be taking me out of my stillness, my peace, my awareness, that's it. And then how I interrupt that is quite literally, I'll interrupt the pattern. So where I want to speed up instead of speeding up, I slow down, right? And so while I agree, I mean, people go, well, I don't believe in balance. Balance is not possible. Yes, okay, so balance is a unicorn. But to me, balance actually means balancing out the focus on our lives and our energy. Like, what are you focusing on? Are you true work at the moment? Are you true? Where are you? too focused are you too outward at the moment do you need to go in so it's more balancing the doing with the being work with play and adventure like especially burnout what lights you up like what what actually lights you up and it could be as simple as drinking i don't know coffee at a cafe with sprinkles of chocolate over it right? right but but really coming back to your heart and who you are yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I think that that sense of balance is something that um, my best friend and I, we started our first coaching practice in Poland, I think about 2009. And we talked a lot about balance because I grew up as a gymnast. And so in my mind, balance was standing on a beam and having the ability to do a backflip and not fall off. <laughs> And and which is ridiculous because that's not balance at all. To me, balance is being able to be thrown all the way to the left, but to find my way back to center without too much struggle. It might Mm. cost some effort, but Mm. when I'm thrown off course, I know, I notice, and I'm able to get back. To Mm. me, that's what balance means. And there's a, a shift now in this, the word for balance in, in the body was always called homeostasis, right? This state mm-hmm. where your body is in this constant flux of this goes up, so that goes down. You, the, the temperature goes up, so your internal temperature goes down. Your food goes up, so your metabolism goes up to transform, you know, and there's this constant shifting in your body. And there, there are people now that are trying to change this word from homeostasis to homeodynamic, mm. right? Which is much more accurate because there's nothing static about homeostasis the 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 whole the whole like function of homeostasis is constant change it's constant reaction to what's going on in the body it's constant to what's going on in the in the weather to what's going on in everything so balance is this like to me is totally attainable and it's just the ability to always go through center not even be in center to always return through center. Yeah. And, and you, you quite literally just said that. So your, your body, given half the chance, can heal itself by itself. You've just got to get out of your own way. Give it that. Give it yeah. something so that it can, it can come back into that. Yeah. Um, but, and, and also energetically, you know, the, the whole burnout is really the masculine versus feminine kind of energy. So the balance there. So it's really about developing both the masculine and feminine ways of leading our lives and our businesses and our health, whatever that is for us. Right. And so masculine where, and I think a lot of the burnout comes because we've got that, that the masculine energy of making it happen, um, push, strive, 
um, hustle, that kind of thing, yeah. versus the feminine, which is receiving. Yeah. So, you know, allowing it to happen, being receptive, you know, um, because we're such givers. We're big, huge givers. Where are we not receiving and sitting back into that? You know, so there's many things that we can do, like many different ways to bring and balance out anything where, where symptoms show up for us, you know? Yeah. Have you ever heard of the um, theory that uh, Kate Northrup talks about of being eggy? No. What? <laughs> so she's talking about this, this female energy, this woman energy, and she's yeah. saying, you know, there's a, this idea of being the egg. And she said, because this male energy, like you're saying, is like, go out, search, do. And that's sort of the same. If we're talking about egg, then we're also talking about sperm, right? Sperm leaves the body and it goes in search of the egg. And what does the egg do? It finds its spot. It sits and waits. Mm -hmm. Then it's very choosy about who it lets in. And once it lets one thing in, it shuts things down. I love that. Right? And then... If there is something that's wrong with the sperm that the egg has accepted, the egg has the ability to fix it before it starts to, to form a blastocyst. I, yeah. To, you know, I, I can't remember the, what the word is, the proper word, multiply or divide or whatever, the one, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. But yeah. before it starts to do that, before it will enter the next stage of growth, mm-hmm. it can actually fix the sperm. So it sits there patiently, Mm -hmm. allows things to come, chooses what it thinks is best, fixes it if it's wrong, and then takes it on a journey. Such a powerful analogy, and it speaks exactly. So that's it. That's the feminine. Isn't it great? Yeah. We need to be more in that way of being. I just love it. This is what it says. Um, Kate wrote a blog post about this and it says, once a month, once a month, an egg is released from the ovary and hangs out for a little bit being available for fertilization. The egg stays in place right where she is. She doesn't run around up and down the fallopian tube wondering if the sperm is coming to fertilize her. She doesn't pop down to the uterus to check if he's coming or hang around the cervix entrance hoping that he'll see her there. She doesn't check her phone obsessively or wonder if she should text him or not, even though he didn't respond to her last text or 10. She doesn't call her girlfriends and ask them what they, what she think, what they think she should do. Nope. She simply sits there in all of her fertile egginess, simply being the egg. As she yeah. sits there, she also emits a signal that tells the sperm that she's ready and available. Mm-hmm. And it goes on and on. And it's just this like that image I think is super powerful when we're talking about this female energy because we want to I think sometimes believe that it's not that different from the male energy yeah but it is and and it is and we've and we've all got both and we need to really harness both you'll know when masculine and you'll know when feminine and when you're overwhelmed tired stressed feeling burnt out, foggy, any of those symptoms, right? It's your clue to go in. And the solution almost always is less. Get rid of something, lots of somethings. Yeah. Yeah. And come back into being. 
be the egg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be be your eggy little self. Yeah, be your eggy little self. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. And so now you are obviously we're all still always on a journey. And to me, once you've been through burnout, you're sort of always in the club because you know how it can happen and you have to stay aware of it so that you can ward it off. Just like you said, you know, you, you have a pain or a discomfort or something off in your body. You use it as feedback, you listen and you redirect the energy. Mm -hmm. And so it's this, once you're in this method of self-care and on this personal and spiritual development it continues long term oh yeah the journey never stops but it's not (laughs) it's but it no longer becomes about burnout it's no longer that's no longer the driving force or it's no longer about you know incurable conditions or anything like that it's no longer about that because i used to have a fear of oh no i can't eat that or i can't do this or why because it will trigger a symptom and i don't have that fear anymore so it's no longer about even that it's more once you start this journey you'll never go back like there's no going back you'll just want to keep growing and evolving and there'll always be the next level you know yeah Um, growing our mastery so so yes So where do you feel like you're growing from now? Like what's happening now in your life and and what's exciting you these days? So, um, well, happiness lifestyle is really rapidly growing. So I've just come back from overseas. I've ran uh, probably about three retreats in Portugal and Spain around, um, we did a relationship and also a well-being uh, series over there and that went successful and uh, yeah there's so much in way of my business that's actually growing right now and really reaching more people that are more leaders especially women in in leadership because they're prone to this side of things because they're so in the masculine they're so in the type a personality you know and high achieving yeah. um yeah so really helping them and really guiding them into who they really are, really coming back to the truth of who they are and, and what that looks like to them in balancing um, their health, their happiness, and also uh, their self-belief, their self-worth. Because underneath all of this, Caitlin, it's all boiling down to our feelings of unworthiness. All of this triggers, all of the symptoms, all of burnout, everything comes down to really how we feel about ourselves and the stories and beliefs that are playing out. And they may have come from childhood or wherever we've picked them up throughout our, our lives that, that has us operate the way we do today. Yeah. You know? Yes, yeah. absolutely. I'm, I'm with you on that a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Rosie, this was a pretty intense conversation to have over about 40 minutes. Very. (laughs) I love it. And I think that this is probably a good space to leave people because I feel like there was a lot to take in and people have a lot to think about um, after this talk. And I think that they're all important things. I, like I said, I'm going to put the link to that blog post in your show notes because I want people to have access to those questions that I mentioned before. And I also want them to have access to your uh, membership because 
I think the rise and thrive, because I think it's a pretty fantastic thing to offer people. Um, Can you actually tell people what the rise and thrive is a little bit? Yes, sure. So the Rise and Thrive is a 10-week mastermind for uh, women in leaders or high-achieving women who want to take back their life and their health, but also really up-level, so take everything to the next level of what they're already currently doing. So a lot of it is around our mindset, so really clearing any blocks, because as we take steps toward what we want to create, everything that holds us back will come up right? So there's really an opportunity to uh, reclaim that and to really, really step into a new way of leadership. No more hiding, no more looking outside of ourselves for the answers, um, no more any of that. So really powerful 10 weeks, really intense, and it's quite transformational for many who come on board. I love it. So I'm going to include, um, of course, your website will be in the show notes, but I'm going to specifically include a link to the membership application because I think that that's something that people should not miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Rosie, thank you so much for spending your Friday morning from the future <laughs> with me today. thank you I love your story because I feel like there are probably quite a few people that are in that place where they feel like if I lose this job I won't know who I am who am I without this but I'm in brain fog and I'm a mess and my body is falling apart and I don't know what to do and the Mm -hmm. fact that you can use alternative methods to bring yourself back into you know some sort of balance and that you can learn enough about yourself to break through these things is hugely inspiring. So thank you also for being honest enough to share your full story with us today. Thank you so much for giving me this space to be able to share that with you. It's so easy to talk to. Really great. Oh, good. I love that. All right, everybody, that wraps up another episode of Fried the Burnout Podcast. This was a big one. So if you need to listen in again, please do. There's a lot of really solid information in here and a lot of really important, simple questions that if you're feeling stuck in any of the ways that Rosie mentioned, those questions that are ones that you should be asking yourself. And if you feel like you need some extra help, please feel free to write to me or write to Rosie and ask us what we think and if we can help. Shoot me an email with your questions at kate at katedonovan.com. Both Kates are spelled C-A-I-T. And if you want Rosie's info, she will all of her info will be in the show notes at friedtheburnoutpodcast.com. Until next time. Ha 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 